Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much. Well, it's great to be back here on the stage. It's been over a year since I've spoken. It's gotten very busy in the last year, but also in the last four months. And so, yeah, we have four kids under four. Well, the older one's four now. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it is absolutely the hardest thing I've ever done in my life is be a mom. And so, you know what, all your parents in the room, I feel you. (laughs) I youth pastored for six years and in the beginning, um, I would have, you know, situations come up, I'd be with families with parents and they would be like, you don't have teenagers, Mel. And I used to grumble like, (laughs) you know, I don't, but I was a teenager. Okay. But now then I had kids. I'm like, Oh yeah, I don't know. And I actually still don't have teenagers yet. So I, I really, really don't know. And, uh, and I would often have parents ask me, you know, how I'm experiencing their kid. And I'm like, I get the best I, I see your 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 youth for two hours a week on a Friday night or on a Sunday morning. I get the absolute best version of your your kid. So, um, do you know what? What happens in the home is so so important and more important. Um, and the work is in the home way more than what I can do at church. I have two hours to hang out with your kid and inspire them to want God and more of God and to to look like Jesus. Um, I only have two hours to do that. So really what happens in the home is so much more important. But I do realize that you are the ones uh, in it, in the trenches, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so, you know, over the years, I had parents kind of reach out like, help me. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I actually can stand here this morning and say, I get it. And so I'm now the one reaching out saying, help me. (laughs) Um, But so I understand that is really hard, but it is so good. And so we just finished two months on the emotional health of Jesus, looking at the emotions of Jesus and our souls and how we can be healed and and work towards healing and wholeness. And so I'm just going to finish it off and talk about family, mainly because I'm in the trenches now with four under four. And when my husband and I, when we became parents four and a half years ago, we knew right away by far that we were unqualified and we had a lot to learn, but we knew right away that, you know what, all our priorities are going to go out of whack for a bit as we, as we, uh, reprioritize what's more important and family moved right up there right away. We are like, you know, we know that we want to do this well. Um, and we want to learn and grow. And so we had to put a lot of energy and intentionality into how we were going to do family together. And we began, we were married for seven years, but we looked at our marriage as well, because what's going on in our marriage is so important to how our kids experience our home. And so we just like, we, we just knew this is the most important thing we could do. We're both in ministry and we're like, actually this comes before catch the fire now. And so Sorry to you guys in the room, but my family pushed you down <laughs> the list a little. But um, 
you know <laughs> but um, you know what my kids are young I do realize that when they get older less is kind of physically taken from me I'm still in the sleep deprivation stage and so uh, I told Murray this morning nothing that a little coffee can't fix but um, <laughs> but um, it's just taking a lot out of us and so we just really focused on it um, but anyone here watch uh, follow football American football yeah Okay, there was way more people in the first meeting. Steve, I think you're the only one in the room. <laughs> um, who here watches football once a year for the Super Bowl? Oh, there we go. I'm in that, I'm in that category with you. Super Bowl Sunday slash halftime show, I'm really interested in. And the awesome ads, I'm also really into. Um, and so I just, my analogy this morning is basically the game of football. So I realize I need to explain it for probably 90% of us in the room. But essentially, you are on this team and you have this funny looking ball that's not round and you have to get it all the way to the other side. There's a hundred yard field. You start in the middle. You have 50 yards to go to get your ball in the end zone. And every you have four attempts. Your team has four attempts to get your ball 10 more yards. If you can pass that 10 more yard line, invisible line, then your team now starts there and now you have to get it 10 more yards to the next line, 10 more yards to the next line. Does that make sense? And your goal is the end zone. And so when I'm talking about family and the emotional health of family, every single decision we make, we're like on this invisible line of scrimmage. That's what it's called. You have some plays, you have some strategy. You're with Jesus on this one. He's on your team, the best team member and team player you could be on. And you have some strategy to push your family towards fullness in God. Does that make sense? And it's big things, but it's little things as well that we could all be doing to push that line more and more towards fullness. And the awesome thing is where you leave off, your kids can pick up. Where your parents left off, you can pick up. Where your great parent, great grandparents left off, you can pick up. And that line is moving more and more towards fullness and you're with Jesus. And here's the thing, when you're moving in the right direction, there's some opposition and it gets a little bit hard and there's people trying to push you back. Um, and the enemy kicks and scream a little, but he doesn't have much power and definitely no authority. And so, you know what? We're working towards emotional health and wholeness to move our family and our generational line towards fullness towards the end zone. So every decision that we make, every intentional decision you make for your family is not only affecting your life and your home and your kids, but your grandkids, your great-grandkids, your great-great-grandkids. And, um, you know, I'm here in the second meeting now and my family's here. So <laughs> I feel in the first meeting, I'm like, ah, oh, talking about my family. And now I'm like, ooh, they're here. And uh, I, I have a twin sister. So if you see someone that looks like me, but dark hair, it's not me. The amount of people that go to her and they're like, hi, and she's like, hi. And then, but, you know, 30 seconds in the conversation, she's like, oh, they think I'm Mel. <laughs> so uh, at this current moment, I have blonde hair and she has uh, dark brown hair, but it's very confusing because I've had dark brown hair and she's been blonde and then we both been blonde. And so anyways, my family's here. Um, but on my mom's side, so both of my parents on my mom and dad's side, they're first generation Christian. There's no Christianity as far as we know in, in that, in their lines 
coming down. It's been mainly Catholic. And so uh, my parents were the first ones who walked in through the doors of this church in 1991. A friend at my dad's work said, come to my church. So that is very, very important when you invite people to church. Um, our old, old youth pastor before me, he was his aunt who was working with my dad um, at a car plant and said, come to my church. And that was it. It changed the course of our entire family. And so my parents came, gave their lives to Jesus, received the Holy Spirit. All of us kids, me, my sister, my brother, we received the Holy Spirit and we've just been, it's changing our generational bloodline. Isn't that amazing? It is every decision we make affects, has ripple effects, and there's good and there's bad, but Jesus is with us, and all we need to do is say yes to him. Actually, we're on this team with Jesus and, and God and the Holy Spirit and angels, so like, just say yes to him. We're going to get that ball more and more towards the end zone, I guarantee you. But my mom's mom, not a Christian, immigrated here in the 60s to Toronto. Um, she knows she's in the hospital. She doesn't have much time to live. And she actually wanted to make peace with her family. And she called her, her husband, my grandpa, um, her kids, her siblings that were here. And one by one, she was trying to make peace with what she knew how to do. She was an angry woman. She went, she's been through a lot um, and was just, you know, just had a really hard life and had a lot of anger and bitterness kind of pent up. But in her last days, she knew that she had to make things right. I know undoubtedly without a fact that her decision to ask for forgiveness and to forgive for those who responded and showed up broke ground in the generational line. And I believe that her decision to do that actually opened up more doors for my mom to walk in through the doors of this church. We have no idea the ripple effects our decisions make for our family. And so if you have your Bibles on you, open up to Ephesians chapter 3. Now, I just want to say quickly a couple things before I continue on. Number one, if I have a young family, so my examples are with young kids, but I do realize that um, you might have adult kids, you might be a grandparent, a great-grandparent, you might not be married, you might be married with no kids. This is family. We all came from somewhere. We didn't just magically appear on the earth. We all have a mom and we all have a dad. <laughs> so there is, we all have family um, and households, but it can look different for all of us here in the room. So I just want you to be asking the Holy Spirit, as I prompt you with some questions, I know it's going to look different from this, from the seat you're sitting in and from the household and family you're sitting in. Um, but this is, it's all important. It's all important. And the Holy Spirit's going to prompt us to make some decisions today um, to actually move that ball, that our line and our lineage towards fullness. Okay, so if you're a great-grandparent, you could be 95 years old in this, in this room. There's still some work we could be doing before we go be with Jesus. Um, and so just don't shut off to this, okay? There's, there's something for all of us here this morning. And then my other preface, talking about family this morning, is I'm nowhere, I, I just, I'm not on a high horse at all. Like, I come off the horse. I was saying this morning that if I could speak from the floor, I would, because um, I just, I just want to say I'm in this with you, and I'm learning and growing along the way. And the moment I entered into the world of motherhood, and especially if you're on the internet, <laughs> that was a very, I felt old saying that, especially if you're on social media, um, the moment you enter into kind of the world of parenthood, it's like, you can quickly get swept 
swept up into a little bit of competition, a little bit of uh, there's shame if my kids are not looking like the way they should. Um, and then also a bit of pride, like, you know, I don't tell me what to do type of thing. Um, but the reality is we're, we're all just kind of in this together. And so we just need to lay the shame aside. <laughs> if there's something not right, it's okay. It's like, there's something not right. We just need to admit it to ourselves and to God, lay down the pride and say, Holy Spirit, I just need help. And what's our next strategy? What's our next play uh, to push the opposition back a bit? Okay, Ephesians chapter three, verse 14. <clears throat> I, I love this verse. I, it's one of my, I have a lot of favorites, so it's one of my favorites, but I have a lot of favorites. But something I never noticed was this verse 14, where Paul starts by saying, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And then he continues. So I'm going to read the rest, some more verses, but he's saying every family, every household comes from God as the Father every family on earth. And God is the God of family. He's the God of generations. And he talks to his kids and he talks about generations. Um, and he loves family. He's for family. So I'm going to continue reading. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So we're going to read this with the lens of family. Um, uh, in your being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. And know that his love that surpasses understanding knowledge, um, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of, fullness of God. He's saying your family comes under the obedience and leadership of God. And that leadership looks like what? He, his leadership is full of love and power. And that's what's going to move through you individually, through your family, and then through communities and the church. And then verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Um, some of you might be like, the, the situation of my family um, is kind of, you know, there's just nothing that can be done. Well, he can do more than you can ask or imagine. He is at work in your family. And when it seems impossible for you, it is not impossible to God because he has power. Um, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. For your generations to come after you forever and ever. Amen. Christ does the work through love and through power, and he is the head of your household. That means that you come under him, his leadership. And so I was joking in the first meeting, but you know, we, when we Think about family in terms of Bible and verses. We all know, honor your father and mother. It'll go well for you. Maybe your father or mother used that verse to get you to do what they needed you to do. Um, and we all, most of us know the verse where Paul says, wives, submit to your husbands. And I don't know, maybe if you're a husband here in, in the room, you've used that um, to get your wife to do what you need your wife to do. Um, my husband has never had to pull that verse out of his back pocket. Um, and so, but I just, for those of you who have used it or have had it used against you, just keep reading on. And it says, husbands, love your wife like Christ loves the church. Christ loved the church so much. What did he do? He died 
he died. So wives, turn around, look at your, to your husband and say, I can submit to you, but are you ready to die for me? You can say that. But all joking aside, jokes aside, this, the, the, the word is living. Like this is the Holy Spirit is living and breathing and speaking these words. And it's never meant to manipulate or control or to get people to do what we need them to do. And so I, I just think it grieves the Holy Spirit. So it's not the point of those verses, but we want to see God revealed in our families through love and through power. When, when we see in the Garden of Eden, God created the Garden of Eden. Eden. He created the heavens, the earth. He created this garden, the world, and he, he created his kids. He put his kids in the garden. And there's two major principles we can pull out of Genesis 1 and 2. And, and principle number one, God loved his kids. He connected with his kids. He was deeply connected and involved with his kids. He was deeply and emotionally connected and involved with his kids. God, sovereign, we were singing this morning that there's nothing like him. He's over and above everything. He's walking in the garden with Adam and Eve, with his kids. He's deeply connected with them. He is present, um, and it's all about love and connection. He's there. Principle number two with the Garden of Eden, he actually empowered his kids to do what? To name the animals, to have dominion, and to take care, to rule, and to take care. Um, and so he empowered his kids. He's like, you have some power here. This garden, I created it. I have control over it all, but I'm not controlling you. I'm giving you a task and purpose to have dominion and to rule and reign, and for that to look like the way I rule and reign with love. Um, and so, but what did he also do with that empowerment? He gave some limitations, some boundaries. You can eat from everything, but not this one tree. And then with the boundary came a consequence. If you eat from this one tree, it's not going to go so well. And so every time I have young kids, but every time um, our kids, we, we can just see them not doing well, acting out, pushing back, lots of pushback. We ask ourselves two things. Number one, are they feeling connected to us? And um, some people use the word attention. Are they getting attention? But I stay away from that word only because I feel like the moment I say my kid needs attention, the responsibility is in their court. But when I say, is my kid connected to me? It's two people now. I'm actually also responsible for the connection of my kid to me. Does that make sense? So are they connected? Often when uh, we work some long days, my husband works long days, there's a conference, he comes home, we can see them disconnected. The moment you put on the lens of connection, you'll see it, black and white. They're in, they're in connection mode, they're in disconnection mode. The amazing thing is it takes a little bit of intentionality and we rein them right back in within minutes sometimes. So the first question we have with our kids is, is there a connection problem? Is there a disconnect? Is there distance? Let's get that back quick. The second question we ask ourselves when there's pushback is, are they feeling empowered in their life right now? And that empowerment changes with age. We have to give them power and control over their lives. And those, those boundaries get wider and wider and wider as they get older and older and older. So for example, we're, we have a big bedtime routine and at some point they're pushing back, they're pushing back. So with my two-year-old, it's like, do you want the pink PJs or the purple PJs? 
they have a sense of empowerment and they're good. They're at peace, they're calm. God created us with that need to have some sense of empowerment in our lives. With my four-year-old, I can't do that because she's like, I don't want either of those. It already changed. So then I say to my four-year-old, do you want to put your PJs on first? You're going to pick them, whatever you want, or do you want to brush your teeth first? And so obviously we're not doing that with our 16-year-olds or our adult children, but just the principle stands. There is empowerment. Is there a power issue, power struggles, or um, is there a connection issue? Are we disconnected emotionally? Are we not kind of on the same page? And how do we get that back? And so God sets up Adam and Eve with both of that. And Adam and Eve made a bad decision, felt the consequences. And what was God's response? I am right here with you. I am right here with you. Where are you? I'm going to cover you up. I'm going to clothe you. And then he starts pushing now um, humanity towards fullness throughout the entire Old Testament and New Testament, ultimately giving his son to rein them back in and bring them back in. So when our kids mess up, it's as easy as it is to be frustrated and mad and push away. We actually bring them in. Does that make sense? All right. And so this is in the context of family and um, in the context of having young kids, but obviously we can broaden our horizon a bit when we talk about, you know, power, empowerment, and with love and connection and, and just see what needs to happen there. So going back to the football field, going back to the football field, there's strategy to move our family towards fullness. And by fullness, I mean wholeness, like we're not broken people through uh, healing emotionally, spiritually, um, full of purpose, life, hope. Like we want to move our family towards that. And there's little things that we can do. It's not this big, magical over spiritual thing, but actually it's all in the little things. And so some examples I was giving this morning is our speech. How are we talking to each other? How am I and my spouse talking to each other? And how am I talking to my kids? Um, and am I walking in humility? Am I saying, uh, am I apologizing? Am I asking for forgiveness? Um, what are we showing to our families and to our kids? And it, even if you uh, have adult kids and, great, and grandkids and, or great-grandkids, actually, we can be working on our hearts still, on how we carry ourselves and our speech and our hearts. And I guarantee you that is still going to work it's miracles and break ground in your family, even though your control is way back here. If anything, there's actually no, probably no more control anymore for your adult kids, but there is some influence and there's spiritual work that can be done in terms of working on your spiritual, uh, your emotional reality, and then also the spiritual work that you can do with praying and blessing. Like the blessing of a grandparent, guys, is amazing. The blessing of an aunt and uncle is incredible. And uh, every time my mom blesses my, my kids, I'm like, oh, you can feel the weight of it. My mother-in-law as well, she spent three months with us to help me with the twins. And every night she would go to her room and she'd be praying because she, she's an inter... Both my mom and my mother-in-law are intercessors and I'm reaping the benefits of it. And she's in her room praying and I can feel things shift in my home. Like guys, the, the, the power of prayer and blessing as a grandparent, as an aunt or an uncle is moving 
moving that line of your family towards fullness and you don't even know it. And you might not never know it or you might find out years later what it did. So there is work for all of us, for our, for our families. Um, and then the last thing I just want to touch on just in, in a minute, um, you know, there's the power of blessing and there's the power of forgiveness. And so for you, if you have unresolved hurt and pain from your family experience growing up and it's not resolved, it's not worked through, there's unforgiveness, there's pain there, that will play out within your kids. And, and, that, and that's how we see generational pain and traumas just kind of transfer down and you see cycles that just keep, why is this happening again and again and again? And, um, you know, something that, and it's good to be aware of those things that are familiar. We just say it's familiar. So something familiar in my family line is anger, explode, exploding, just, uh, just a lot of rage and anger. And so I'm aware that 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 can knock on the door of my heart and knock on the door to my family. And so I have to stand my ground like I'm like a football player. No. And uh, it doesn't look like praying in tongues for 20 hours in the day. It actually looks like me managing my heart so that I don't explode in anger with my kids. Now, that being said, I was joking this morning, but it's true. I'm like at about a 30, 40% success rate at the moment. If, uh, two babies are crying and two kids are you know, whining and crying and pulling and tugging at me. If I'm not self-regulating my emotions and seeing it build and removing myself at least as quick as I can, what's Mel doing? Mel is exploding. But because I know that that's, that's knocking on the door of my family, I'm like, I got to stand my ground in this. And uh, yesterday I just, I looked at my husband and I'm like, I need a minute. I need a minute. He's like, okay, okay. So I go outside on my deck. I'm deep breaths, fresh air. The kids are like, I want mommy. And they open the screen door and they're running out. I'm like, oh, Mal is going to explode. Take some deep breaths. They're running out. The indoor cat runs out. The indoor cat is chasing a squirrel up a tree. And I'm like, this is not the deep breaths that I was planning to take. And me and my kids are trying to chase our cat and free the squirrel, whatever. And uh, we all looked at each other and laughed, but I just, I'm very aware that, you know what, there's work that we can be doing, but just your decision to say yes and declare war on those things that you don't want it to be familiar and a, a repeating cycle, that's all you need. Just say yes, the Holy Spirit's gonna guide you and lead you, and you can ask for help from the community as well. But forgiveness, we need to deal with our unresolved stuff going on in our hearts. If we don't, we will be emotionally unavailable for our family. Does that make sense? We will be emotionally and spiritually unavailable for our kids and our family members if we ourselves are in this inner turmoil and pain and bitterness and resentment and we're just, we haven't fully worked through it yet. And so for anyone here this morning that's like, oh yeah, okay, I have some unresolved stuff from what I've experienced as a kid, I just want to encourage you, I hope encourage you and inspire this morning to walk out these doors and be like, okay, Holy Spirit, I want to go there. I want to work on this. I might not have kids yet, but I don't want this being transferred down through my line. Um, you might already have kids and you might say, oh, Mel, <laughs> I did, I've already made my fair share of mistakes. That It's okay, guys. The blood of Jesus covers it all. What's the most important thing that you can do today is work on your emotional state. You heal, you forgive. And if you can't, you know, you already see it playing out with your kids and your kids, you already see 
uh, the effects of it moving down. Guys, you work on you, you love and you pray and you bless and you intercede and you just bring that to your family. It's never too late. God is so good and he is the head of your household. He is for your home and your family more than you are for your home and family. And he wants to see healing and wholeness and breakthrough for your family more than you want to. And some of you might be in tears crying for your kids. He, want, he's, he wants that more than you, surprisingly, and he's going to do it. So stand on up. We're going to pray. My question for you this morning, if you could walk away just with some questions to ask God, um, is, God, is there unfinished business in my heart that I need to do so that um, I can break some cycles? Is there forgiveness that needs to happen in my heart? Because I don't want my pain my narratives, my scripts, my filters in life, my triggers be passed down. It will if it's unresolved. So Holy Spirit, question number one, is there anything that I need to resolve in my heart? Question number two, are there cycles that I'm seeing in my family that seem familiar that I need to stand my ground, put on your helmet, be that football player, Jesus is right beside you, and say, okay, I'm going to go to war for this. I'm going to pray. I'm going to bless if that's all I can do, that's what I'm going to do. Question number three, are there spiritual blessings that God actually has for you in your family line? And God spoke to me a few years ago and said, you know what, Mel? There's actually some things hidden because we've not focused on it. We've focused on the pain, but there's spiritual blessing coming down your line. And joy is one of them. I actually had a dream where it was like there's joy coming down your line for you. And you, didn't, you don't even know it yet because you've been focusing on the pain and the anger and the hurt. Are there spiritual blessings that are coming down the line for you? What is it? And how do you steward it? Ask the Holy Spirit, how do I steward it? A blessing coming down my line is, the, is dreams. My sister and I, we dream like crazy. Our kids are already starting to dream. God speaks to us powerfully. I want to steward this blessing in my family well. What does that look like? So question number one is forgiveness. Number two, are there unhealthy cycles that I just need to be aware of and stand my ground in? Deal with it in my heart? I don't want to act that out. And number three, are there spiritual blessings that I need to steward in my family? Okay, so Holy Spirit, with your eyes closed, hands on your heart, hands out, thank you that you are here in this place. Thank you that you love, love my family. <laughs> you like my family even when I'm struggling. And God, thank you that you are the head of my household. God, thank you that I'm not alone in this. Actually, I need to just submit to you. And you are the ultimate leader of my house. God, thank you that your word says that he who has began a good work is faithful to complete it. And I feel like there's so many of us in this room where good things have started and we feel like, okay, and now we're stuck. We need to take another 10 more yards. Holy Spirit, you are so faithful to com to bring completion and you do that so come and do that now in jesus name amen all god's people say amen if you want prayer for anything come to the front we have a ministry team we want to pray for you um and if you have questions at all you can come go to your connect group leader bring in the community get help if you need help for your family but we love you bless you and we'll see you next week We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv.
TV. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.